So I would like to talk about the women's liberation movement of the 1960s today, but before we delve into the specifics, I would like for you to imagine a scenario that I am about to describe to you. So let's say that your name is Linda and you're a housewife in the 1950s. You have a beautiful family and you're married to the love of your life, James. Now, James has been at work all day while you're at home tending to the kids and doing chores such as cleaning or cooking. Now, when James comes home, he had a long, stressful day at work. It's been busy for him, and he's kind of just stressed out right now. And while you're making dinner for him and you're setting up the table, one of the glass plates that you are holding, they drop on the floor and they shatter. Now, James decides that this is the last straw before he sets off, he sets off on you. And he finds it appropriate to degrade you verbally and then proceed to beat you physically. Um, so back then, doctors described beating or degrading your wife as therapeutic, and this is what James follows. He thinks that it is relaxing to relieve his stress onto an object. Now, since women were objectified a lot as well, you have to just suffer the consequences. You were not seen as a human being, but rather you were seen as property of a man. A man owned you. And after you take the beating and the harsh words and criticism, there's nothing you can really do. And there's three things you can do or what you could do. So the first one being is stay silent. Many women who were subjected to domestic violence stayed silent because it was very taboo to talk about being abused and it was also seen as normal. And then, if you really wanted to report your case of domestic violence to the local authorities, they would not take your case seriously and they would rather side with the man than the woman since let's not forget America is a patriarchal society. And the third option you have is divorce. Now while divorce laws were in place, they were limited, but not only that, society did not like the idea of divorce. If you were to get a divorce, they would look down upon you just as they did of the idea of divorce. So you would be shunned by society, the authorities, your husband. So you had no choice but to stay in a toxic environment for the rest of your days. And it hurts even more so since your partner is your husband. This is the same guy that you fell in love with and married. But he gets to punish you and do whatever he would like with you without facing any sort of consequences. So the reason why women started to gain their independence and realize that their female identity was more than being a childbearing machine was because of World War II. Now in World War II, the husbands and men of the United States were drafted into the war and they were sent elsewhere and left the jobs that they previously had to be empty. And someone had to take these empty jobs since child labor was outlawed a long time ago and the people who took these jobs were the women. So they would take military jobs such as being a nurse, a shipbuilder, an aviator, a conductor, a riveter, or an officer. Or they would just take factory jobs. But when the men came back from World War II, they demanded their jobs again since they had just came back and they needed a job again. But women refused to give up the jobs that they had since they already have since they already had a taste of freedom, essentially. Um, 
However, the companies that hired them or the people who hired them were forced to fire them, basically. And it was either you were fired or you were kept as a worker, but you were paid substantially less than the male counterparts that you worked with as well. So the women's liberation movement was just a continuation of the women's suffrage movement. Since both movements are waves of feminism, the women's suffrage movement is the first wave of feminism and the women's liberation movement is the second wave of feminism. The first wave of feminism relies upon the ideas of legal rights for women, such as the right to vote. And meanwhile, the second wave of feminism relies upon themes of sexuality, politics, work, and family. So the main start to the women's liberation movement was the publication of the book The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan in 1963. So this book basically talked about how housewives were depressed nationwide and they just became bored with their life since there was nothing more to do as they just stayed in, stayed in their home and served their man and family. And this book was a bestseller since many women around the United States related to this book and purchased it as this was their voice. Um, if a woman alone were to disclose their sentiments, they would be shunned. But since this book was published publicly with the intent of spreading a message, women found this to be their voice that they were waiting to express for a very, very long time. And with the audience of this book, they created the na the National organization for women also known as now so now women had their own national group that they could rely on for support and change and the first change that now made was the equal employment opportunity commission in 1965 and this made it illegal to discriminate employees based on color sex religion or disability and this was in favor of women now now women could work comfortably especially pregnant women as it was illegal to fire them now and divorce laws and education were expanded as well to women. And education was expanded even more so to women with the Title IX of the Higher Education Act in 1972, which banned gender discrimination in education. And this opened women to be able to participate in sports team in high school and college. And their teams were also allowed to be publicly sponsored and funded. And the sexual revolution of the 1960s made big strides for women as the invention of the birth control pill helped women to be able to be sexually active without worrying about being pregnant. And the pill helped separate sex from pregnancy, which in turn women uh, could be single now instead of being committed to a man or marrying them. And with the sexual revolution, another big remark of this whole era was the Roe versus Wade case in 1973 as this basically stated that the Supreme Court found that abortion was legal for everyone in the United States as it was written in the 14th Amendment. And a major failure of the women's liberation movement unfortunately was the ERA also known as the Equal Rights Amendment. So the main purpose of this amendment stated that gender should not determine the legal rights of men nor women. But many women agreed with this concept until another woman named Phyllis Schlafly started the Stop ERA movement. And she advocated that this movement was already 
going to be a bad move for women as it would make women a part of the national military draft, raise taxes for government-funded abortions, allow unisex bathrooms and same-sex marriage to occur. And this instilled many fear in women that the act was never passed as it was short of three state votes. So feminism today is as relevant as ever and we should keep striving for feminism and women's empowerment as there's still injustice going around the world to women and it is our duty to commit to help women even if you are a male member of society you should still help people around you instead of yourself.